Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. A kick. It is. Good. 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 To be the man, you gotta beat the man. The 2 1. Swung lane drive left field. One run is in. Here's Kevin Green. This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Powers. We are very glad that you found us on the various podcast platforms that you may be utilizing. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Pandora. So appreciate you uh, finding us and we're going to give you a good show today. Remember, subscribe, rate, and review our podcast, good or bad. I'd love to hear it. We want to hear your comments. If you want to reach out to me on my Twitter handle, you can at jposports, at jposports. Love to hear your comments. If you have any suggestions, topics, things like that. Today, we're not going to have a guest, so today's going to be me just giving you some, some quick thoughts about a couple of things. We're going to talk masters. We're going to talk fired coaches. There was a couple big coaching moves this week in the world of sports, a little on the NBA. We're going to hit a little college football, and then we're going to wrap it up with some NFL uh, analysis and game predictions. So first off, I want to mention a couple sponsors of the podcast, Titan Home Lending. If you are anywhere in the state of Florida and you are looking for financing for a new home purchase or if you want to refinance your existing home, Titan Home Lending would love to help you. They can handle all that good stuff. They also are experts in renovation loans. So if you buy a piece of property and want to make a renovation on it, i.e. new roof, new floors, new kitchen, you want to add a pool, bathroom, all those kind of improvements, and you want to do it when you purchase the house, Titan Home Lending can help you. So reach out to Titan Home Lending, area code 205-790-1404. And again, they can help you and service you anywhere in the state of Florida. Next up, Ultimate Health Plans. Reach out to Patrick Highland. Patrick Highland is a Medicare expert. He's been working with uh, Medicare uh, recipients for 20 plus years. Patrick also can help anybody in the state of Florida with any Medicare questions, subscriptions, plans, all those kind of things. Reach out to Patrick Highland at Ultimate Health Plans at area code 813-966-1052. All right. Appreciate you listening in. Good week so far. Heading into a holiday, almost a holiday weekend. We got Thanksgiving this time next week. So hopefully you uh, are getting your Thanksgiving plans together. Please be careful. I know the, the, the virus situation around the country is really heating up. Please be very cautious in how you handle that with your family members and such. So please be careful in your gatherings, your family, and all that stuff because there's no reason to unnecessarily put people at risk over a Thanksgiving meal, to be all honest. So have a great we're gonna have we'll have we'll have an episode next week prior to Thanksgiving, but again. Take care of yourself and your family members as well. Again, think of other people, not just yourself during these uh, holiday times. All right, Masters. Dustin Johnson wins his first green jacket, second major overall. 
Big win at Augusta. Played really, really well throughout the entire week. So shout out to Dustin Johnson. Local boy. He grew up about an hour away in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, finally putting it all together as a Masters champion. He's had all the ability in the world for many years. Has had some major failures. Uh, some Sunday uh, swoons, as you might say, in some of these majors as he's, that he's led or been in the, in the mix. So congratulations, Dustin Johnson. Sets a tournament scoring record uh, as well. Um, you know, got a little. He had a four shot lead going into Sunday. Got a little. Got got a little interesting there. Mid by the third of the way through the rounds, Cameron Smith, Sung J M were contenders. Rory McIlroy made a little run uh, as well, but came up short. But uh, Dustin Johnson puts it away, claims his first Masters, second major. And I look, I would not be surprised if he goes on a little run here in the next uh, 24 months where he wins two or three more majors in the next couple years. He's in his prime of his career, smashing the ball. No Bryson DeChambeau in the mix. Very, uh, very bad, poor week. He barely made the cut. You know, he kept talking that he was going to overpower Augusta. And you can do that to some degree, but you still have to hit the second shots and you still have to drop the putts on that golf course. So that is a uh, second shot in a putt for dough course in Augusta. No patrons this year. Hopefully there'll be some opportunity for some patrons in 2021. Remember, the Masters will be the first major of 2021 in April in its traditional time slot. So uh, again, kudos to the Masters. Good job there. And uh Keep it going. Augusta National. Good job with Augusta. Good job honoring Lee Elder as well. Uh, the, the Augusta uh, National membership has got to getting very, may, way, way, way more uh, uh, mainstream and progressive in some of the things they're doing, the initiatives they're doing off the course. So congratulations to Fred Ridley and that crew for taking the time and being very conscious, socially conscious about what they're doing moving forward. So, um all right, let's move. First of all, let me give you a little note about me working. Got a couple. We're in the high school football playoffs down here in the state of Florida. Round two this week. I've got the privilege to work in a second round playoff game on Friday night here in the Tampa Bay area. I'm also going to be working next next weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I'm going to be working women's basketball, the Bad Boy Mowers Division One tournament out in. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Gonzaga, the number one uh, South Carolina perennial power, uh, University of South Dakota, and Oklahoma will be the teams that will be calling on games on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. A nice little four-team tournament, Women's Division One. Looking forward to that, working with Flow Sports. So uh, you can catch me if you have a Flow Sports subscription Definitely reach out, watch some, watch a little action, a little women's college basketball action. Remember, the college basketball season gets going in full force uh, middle of next week. Uh, so you'll see a lot of college basketball action on TV and uh, on your streaming devices and all that starting next week. Let's get to some fired coaches. There's a couple big coaching moves this week. Will Muschamp out at South Carolina as the football coach. Um my thoughts on Muschamp are good football coach, but Muschamp's a guy that's going to be a better defensive coordinator than he is going to be a head coach. Some guys just have have 
don't have quite the skill set and quite the demeanor and quite the the uh, organizational leadership skills to be the main man, but they are very, very good positional coaches. Muschamp, to me, in my opinion, is one of those guys. This is his second run. He was at Florida. He was at, he, Again, he's been at South Carolina. Never been able to kind of get over the hump at either spot. He's had weeks where they've played really well for three or four-week periods, and he's pulled an upset here and there but he's never been able to put it all together from a recruiting perspective, from a coaching perspective, and obviously on game day, uh, winning enough games. So Will Muschamp out at South Carolina. He'll get a job in a heartbeat as a defensive coordinator somewhere in the SEC, I think, if he wants one uh, next year. It's good to be Will Muschamp. South Carolina owes him $15 million for him not to coach. What a life. What a country. But again, I think you'll see if Muschamp wants to coach next year, he'll have the opportunity. Obviously, uh, if he doesn't, he may take a year off. See what it, uh, see see what the landscape is. Who will take the job at South Carolina? A lot of people are talking about Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze is a scoundrel, in my opinion. He's at Liberty. Of all uh, oxymorons, Hugh Freeze being working at Liberty University, which is allegedly a uh, uh, conservative Christian uh, University up in Virginia. Hugh Freeze high in the list of uh, people for South Carolina. We'll be interested to see what they, what they end up doing over there, but uh, Hugh Freeze would not be my hire. He's been in a lot of trouble as a head coach at Ole Miss on and off the field, whether it was recruiting violations, whether it was off the, off the field uh, personal <clears throat> issues he's had. Uh, with his with his marriage and those kind of things. So I would not hire for Hugh Freeze one bit. Wouldn't even sniff Hugh Freeze. But it'd be interesting to see where South Carolina goes. The other big coaching move of the week was kind of an under-the-radar one. You may not have caught. Greg Marshall, basketball coach, Wichita State, resigned. Lots of allegations of uh, physical and verbal abuse uh, to his players throughout his tenure at, in Wichita. Finally comes to, to, to roost. Uh, several players went on the record to detail the allegate the uh, of verbal abuse, a little bit of physical abuse as well. So Greg Marshall out at Wichita again. He's very fortunate. He's going to get about a seven million dollar payout from Wichita, which is to me I don't I just don't understand that stuff. When why he can't be fired with cause especially when, when there, there are allegations. Obviously, the university probably doesn't want to go through a huge lawsuit and all that stuff, but uh, very odd timing. Again, the basketball season starts next week, so the, Wichita will have a new coach. There have been rumors swirling at Wichita for many years about, about the uh, behavior of Greg Marshall. Um, he was the big man on campus at Wichita. Obviously, Wichita's had a, a ton of success in hoops the last 10 years since he's been there. Final four appearance, you know, he's kind of the big man on a little campus. And so I think he, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he definitely will not coach this year. It will be interesting to see how long it takes Marshall to get back in the mix as far as any kind of decent job uh, at the Division One level. So Greg Marshall out at Wichita, Will Muschamp out at South Carolina. Uh, there will be some more, most likely more, a, few, a couple more uh, dismissals as we wrap up the college football season. Probably won't be a ton of dismissals this year because of COVID, but there will be a couple of uh, job changes for sure. NBA draft. We're going to make this quick. Never heard of most of the guys that got picked. Obviously, there was the, the basketball season got uh, – the tournament got eliminated last year. 
So you didn't get the opportunity to learn about some of these guys a little more often and a little more in a little more of a primetime spotlight scenario. But so many of these guys you just I've just never heard of. And I keep up pretty decent on the on the basketball circuit, but there's a lot of these guys I've just never heard of. It's not a great was not a great draft. Obviously, you had Anthony Edwards uh, from Georgia, the freshman. James Weissman played about three games at Memphis before he declared was declared ineligible at Memphis. He went number two to Golden State. You had Lamelo Ball, who uh, played overseas for a couple of years. He went third. Interesting. The NBA draft is all about potential. There are very very few NBA first round picks that ever make an impact, which is crazy to think. Whereas in the NFL. First-round players make impacts all the time in their first couple of years, whereas the NBA, it's all about a potential uh, selection for down the road, two, three years down the road. The Bulls, at number four, take a guy from Florida State, my one of my uh, schools of interest. They take a guy that didn't even start, played 20 minutes a game at Florida State as a freshman, which is crazy to think that this guy goes fourth overall, doesn't even start it on his college team. And Florida State was not uh, cutting down the nets. They're a good team, but for a guy to go to Florida State and not start, go fourth overall, that makes that that tells you all you need to know about the uh, potential of how these scouts and how these uh, GMs make these picks in the NBA. Um, most of these kids are ill-prepared to come into the NBA life, not very good shooters, not very good defenders. I just don't get it sometimes. One of the picks I did like, Obi Toppin goes to the Knicks. Um, I think he'll be a great fit there. He's a New York kid. He's a mature kid as well from Dayton. If you remember, he was on pace to be player. He was was the name player of the year uh, for this year at Dayton. He uh, tremendous year at Dayton. That was that was one of the teams I was very sad to see not get to play that uh, in the NCAA tournament because that team, that Dayton team, had a great chance to go deep into that tournament to a potential Final Four. And all that good stuff. But Obi Toppin to the Knicks will be a very good pick. A lot of people think he might be the best player in this draft three years from now, five years from now. So good for the Knicks to finally get one right. Last note on the NBA, uh, tough injury for Clay Thompson. If you remember, Thompson was coming back from a knee ACL injury in the finals from 2018. Uh, blew his Achilles out in a couple days ago in a, in a, in a workout session. So he's done for 20, 2020 as well. So no Clay Thompson for the Warriors. It'd be very interesting to see how he recovers with two major injuries to his uh, lower extremities in the last two years. So the Warriors are out looking for for a new, you know, obviously somebody to help replace him. Kelly Oubre is going to get traded to the Warriors uh, from the Oklahoma City Thunder. They drafted James Weissman, so it'll be interesting to see how the Warriors respond in 2020 with no Clay Thompson? Are they are they still going to be a contender in the West, or is this going to be a devastating uh, injury to their to their cause in the, in the West? So there's your NBA notes. Let's go to the NCAA college football. This week has been characterized by COVID. Many, many games, 15 games at least, have been canceled and postponed due to COVID this week. Um it's really taken its hold throughout the country. Down here, uh, even here at Tampa, the University of South Florida canceled their game with Navy. You got Maryland and Michigan State. The Maryland coach, Mike Loxley, uh, tested positive. So no game there. But just bunches and bunches of games throughout the country canceled due to COVID. 
Uh, would not shock me if some of these games do not get made up because of the schedule, especially teams that are not very good. Maybe you're not in any kind of championship contention as far as a conference championship. Uh, but the big conferences, the Big Ten, the uh, there's no there's no wiggle room in the Big Ten, but the um, SEC, ACC will do what they can to potentially make some of these games up. There's been some talk that they might move the college football playoff back a couple of weeks to try to make up some of these games to obviously re- receive some of the revenue from the TV coverage. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I want to talk about how many teams are actually in the mix for the college football playoff. Uh, I jotted down 10 teams that I could f- figure that are, as of right now, the week before Thanksgiving, are legitimately in the mix for a college football playoff spot. Here they are. Alabama out of the SEC. No undefeated Alabama. One loss, Florida, only because if Florida can run the table and beat Alabama SEC title game, they're going to make it to the playoffs. So you have an Alabama, Florida out of the SEC, ACC. You have Clemson, one loss, Clemson. Remember their loss was without Trevor Lawrence. They lost to Notre Dame in South Bend in a double overtime classic. The other team out of the ACC is obviously North is Notre Dame. Notre Dame's undefeated, number two in the country. Uh, they're probably going to see Clemson again in the ACC title game. Those two teams also have opportunities to uh, qualify for the playoff. Big Ten, as of right now, you have three potential teams. Indiana undefeated, playing Ohio State undefeated this weekend. Obviously, the winner of that game is in a great spot if they were to run the table. Um more likely, it's going to be Ohio State that beats Indiana. But if Indiana were to pull a stunner and win the game, they're absolutely in the college football playoff mix. The one team that with a wild card team out of the Big Ten is going to be Wisconsin, in my opinion. They thumped Michigan last week. If they were to run the table, I don't think they play Ohio State this year. If they were to run the table and see Ohio State, Big Ten championship game, they're in the mix. There might be one opportunity for a Pac-12 team, either an Oregon or a USC potentially. If they were to win all their games, they have to win them all. You cannot have a one, you will not have a one-loss team out of the Pac-12 uh, in the college football. So potentially an Oregon or a USC, if they really, really play well the final five or six weeks of their season, that's what has to happen for them to even be in consideration. You're, the other two teams, BYU and Cincinnati. I don't think that BYU has enough to get there, but if they were, if they win all their games, they'll definitely be in the conversation. If they get a little help from some other teams around the country, they could be in the conversation. And the other team is Cincinnati. Luke Fickle and the Bearcats, again, playing really, really well. They have to run the table. They got a big game this week against Central Florida, but if they were to run the table and, again, get a little help from some other, other conferences around the country, uh they get to. You cannot have a a one loss Florida team. You cannot have a one loss Clemson team in the mix. If if Clemson and Florida get knocked out, and something happens to Ohio State, then you have an opportunity for a Cincinnati or a BYU to potentially slip into that number four spot. So, uh, those are my ten teams that I think legitimately have a shot to the college football playoff. Um, the Liberties of the world, the Coastal Carolinas, great stories, but they have no chance to be a college football Final Four team. But uh, these games will start to get really interesting here in the next couple of weeks as we head towards the conference championship games 
SEC will have a conference championship. Big Ten will have a conference championship. ACC will have a conference championship. And I even believe the Pac-12 will have a conference championship game too. Nobody from the from the Big 12 is really in the mix, unfortunately. They've all lost games already. Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. So I don't see a scenario where any of those Big 12 teams can get back into the mix from the national uh, Final Four perspective. So as far as games on the docket this week in college football, there's a couple good ones. you got UCF Cincinnati down here in Orlando. You've got Wisconsin Northwestern. Northwestern's an undefeated team, and that's another team potentially if they were to run the table to get to a Big Ten championship game. I don't think Northwestern has enough, whereas I do think Wisconsin with their quarterback situation, good defense, I think Wisconsin does have an opportunity, but Wisconsin and Northwestern face off this week. It's probably an elimination game for for, for the two as far as the national championship uh, Final Force opportunity goes. Um USC goes to Utah. Be an interesting game out there. USC is skated by the last two weeks. Um, so you'll see a, a decent game there. Uh, a fun game that will be interesting on the docket, Liberty at NC State. Obviously, Liberty's undefeated. Hugh Freeze goes to Raleigh to see the Wolfpack. Um, again, they're not going to be in the ch- national championship hunt, but Liberty, an undefeated Liberty facing an undefeated Coastal Carolina in a couple weeks will be a pretty cool matchup. You might see game day in the mix there if those two stay undefeated. So be interested to see Liberty play up against NC State this week. Uh, a couple of teams that are reeling, Penn State, Michigan. Uh, just Michigan got just destroyed last week by Wisconsin. Jim Harbaugh in big trouble in Ann Arbor. James Franklin feeling a little heat in Penn State. I don't think he's in danger of getting fired, but just a very poor expect lots of expectations were coming out of happy valley this year and they are winless so far so and don't don't forget i believe there might be some pac 12 9 a.m pacific action this week as well so definitely uh keep keep your eye on the next again the next couple of weeks in the college football world is going to be wrapping up uh some of these conferences so you're going to be getting real close to the end of the regular season for a lot of these conferences in these next couple of weeks so there's your college football analysis, my picks. I'm going to give you a couple picks in the college football front. Um, I like tease down Cincinnati, tease down Wisconsin. Tease down Cincinnati, tease down Wisconsin. I like those. Put those two teams together. Uh, another opportunity uh, is to potentially take Utah as an underdog at home in Salt Lake City. And I like NC State to beat Liberty in Raleigh. Home game for NC State. They've been very competitive. Give me NC State minus the three and a half at home against Liberty. There you have some college football selections for you. Let's lastly, let's go to the National Football League. Week 11 is here. Um, good slate of games. We had a good Thursday night game. We got a good, really good Sunday night game. Oakland, I mean, the Vegas and Kansas City. And Monday night, you got the Buccaneers, my Bucks against the Rams down here in Tampa. So a very good primetime schedule. A good slot of four o'clock games as well. You got Green Bay, Indianapolis. You got Tennessee, Baltimore at one o'clock. So you have a good slate of games, uh, some good matchups. 
you got the issue of in New Orleans. You got no Drew Brees for several weeks with his lung issue and his rib issue. Jameis Winston is back in the mix for the Saints. Be very interesting to see how he gets coached by Sean Payton, how the play calling goes for Sean Payton and company. Do they let him run the offense, or do they pull back and try to be a very conservative team and just try to get by? Remember, the Saints are up one game on the Buccaneers in the NFC South. The Bucs have two really tough games in a row. you got the Rams and the Chiefs these next two weeks. But be very interesting to see how, how uh, Jameis is handled in New Orleans. How much Taysom Hill do you see as well at quarterback? And how long is Drew Brees out for? No, no definitive timetable. Probably a minimum of three weeks, potentially more when you have a punctured lung situation. Obviously, Breeze is 41 years old. You have rib problems, punctured lung. They're going to be very cautious with Breeze here uh, at worst case to get him to the playoffs. So, again, be very interested to see uh, how Sean Payton and company handle this uh, break. You'll see a lot of Kamara. Mike Thomas has been pretty quiet so far. The defense, they're going to lean on the defense and lean on uh, I think you're going to see a lot, a little more balanced attack with as far as the running game goes with Kamara. So, interesting, interesting situation in New Orleans developing. It's a big opportunity for Jameis Winston. He could, he could re-energize his career from a uh, starting quarterback perspective. If he goes out and plays well the next three, four weeks, there would be definitely a suitor or two for him next year to be their starting quarterback. Um, he might even be in New Orleans. Most people think that uh, the speculation is this will be the end for Drew Brees this year. If Jameis plays really well for two or three, four weeks, he could be the guy in New Orleans that gets a short-term contract to, to, to pair up with Taysom Hill. Um, so it's a great opportunity for Jameis. Um, he's got a, the, he got a division matchup this week. The Falcons come to town. One thing that makes you a little nervous is that Dirk Cutter, the OC, used to coach Jameis, so he knows him inside and out. So that will be a, an advantage for the Falcons. Um, but I look forward, be interesting to see how that how that goes. New Orleans is a four-point favorite. You got Philadelphia going to Cleveland. Philadelphia with a disastrous loss last week to the Giants, uh, doing everything they can to give away that NFC East. They go to Cleveland this week. Cleveland coming off of a uh, nice win last week against Houston. If you had Nick Chubb, fantasy, if you had Cleveland minus the four and a half last week, you were screaming as Nick Chubb runs out of bounds at the one-yard lot, which was which did not cover the number for you Cleveland Brown supporters, um, as well as you Nick Chubb fantasy owners. So that was an inch, the right football play, absolutely, but just a unfortunate uh uh, situation from a gambling in a in a fantasy football perspective. Um, you got Detroit hosting Carol or going to Carolina. No Teddy Bridgewater this week. No McCaffrey this week. Uh, that's that's kind of a who cares game to me. Detroit's very much on the fringe of the uh, eighth seventh seed in the playoffs, but they need a lot of help. New England going to Houston again. Big win by New England last Sunday night against the Ravens in a, in a in a rainstorm. Uh, good job by by the Patriots running the ball. Damian Harris and company. They go to Houston, where the Houston's reeling, uh, not not playing very well. Two and eight. Uh, Deshaun Watson. That that there'll be a new whole re- coaching regime there uh, come January. Uh, but 
Look for the Patriots to continue to run the ball, play low uh, low risk football, and try to win these some of these games, close games. Pittsburgh undefeated. Pittsburgh goes to Jacksonville. Pittsburgh's nine and zero, heading to Jacksonville. A nice job last week by Pittsburgh, getting it done again, winning another one, staying undefeated. Ben Roethlisberger is quietly playing very very well at quarterback for the Steelers. Uh, that passing attack is looking good. They need to figure out a way to run the ball better in Pittsburgh, though. Um, Connor, the offensive line, need to run the ball better in Pittsburgh as they head to Jacksonville this week. Really, really good game. Green Bay heads to Indianapolis. Uh, very iffy whether Devontae Adams is going to play this week. That's that, that will be a key matchup uh, for Green Bay. Green Bay survived last week with Jacksonville coming to town. They they escaped. They scored late to win the game and held on. In a uh, the Colts with a very very good win on Thursday night football in Tennessee last week. Rivers played really well. They threw the ball pretty good. So it'll be very again. This is going to be an, in, an indoor game. If no Devontae Adams, I really like Indianapolis here. If Devontae Adams plays, it's a toss up game in my opinion. Um, Again, I think you'll see the Colts try to run the ball. That's the weakness of Green Bay. It's been stopping the run, so you'll see a, you'll see a heavy dose of uh, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins, uh, play action out of Rivers. And again, this will be a very very good game if Devontae Adams plays. Cincinnati goes to Washington, a kind of a who cares game. Uh, remember, uh, Alex Smith is starting. Joe Burrow and company. Uh, again, this is a this is a game for 2021, a rebuild game for 2021. Tennessee goes to Baltimore. Tennessee coming off the Thursday night loss. Baltimore coming off the Sunday night loss. I just do not like what I see out of that Baltimore passing a game. Uh, this could be a, a relief for them. Tennessee is not a very good defensive team. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of Derrick Henry. They're going to try to lean on Derrick Henry because Damian Harris ran the ball really well against the Ravens last week. But again, I think you're going to see uh, the Ravens. I think the Ravens will find a way to win the game. I think uh, Lamar will figure out a way to to get home versus the Titans. It's a big game for Baltimore at home. It's a home game. They need to win. So I do think the Ravens will figure out a way. Dallas heads to Minnesota. Minnesota's on a big three-game winning streak. They're at four and five. They escaped on at Chicago on Monday night. Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, the defense is playing better. The Cowboys come to town, still in the mix in the NFC East. Andy Dalton back. I have a, a funny feeling. I like the I like the Dallas Cowboys and the seven points here. I think it's too many points to give Dallas. Dalton, I think, has had a couple of weeks to obviously get fully healthy and get in some more uh, rhythm with the receivers on offense. So I'm gonna, I like Dallas plus the seven here for sure. Uh, I could see Minnesota winning the game, but I also like Dallas plus the seven here. Sunday night, uh, let's we'll hold off on Sunday night for a minute. Let's go to Miami going to Denver late afternoon in Mile High. Dolphins playing really well, three and zero with two at the helm. They beat uh, the Chargers last week. Denver continues to struggle. This is a trap game potentially out west. Bad weather potentially. You could have some cold weather out there. Be interested to see how Miami plays with that. But I think Miami will find a way to get out of there with a W very, very close. We'll definitely stay away from this game from a gambling perspective. 
but I think the Miami defense in the special teams, kicking game, return games of Miami will be a factor here in Denver. Drew Locke is kind of iffy. He had a rib injury last week, so we're not sure what his status is going to be fully. Uh, but I do like Miami to win the game close in Denver. The Jets head out to L.A. to see the Chargers. Winless Jets, 2-7, and 2-8 Chargers. Uh, kind of a who cares game. Not a good haircut for Justin Herbert this week, by the way, if you saw that. He looks like a, uh, like a uh, middle school dude. I'm not sure why he cut off his locks, his, his free-flowing long hair. But Mr. Herbert did get a nice big trim at Supercuts with the uh, number two guard all around. So I do like the Chargers to win the game. Uh, the Jets actually played pretty competitively last, last time out with Flacco at the helm. Uh, he'll be back at the helm again this week. So uh, wouldn't surprise me if this is a semi-close game. Kalen Balaj, from a fantasy perspective, has been named the starter out in uh, L.A. as far as the running backs goes. If you're looking for a guy, Kalen Balaj, the running back, uh, has been productive the last couple of weeks, as well as Brashard Perriman, receiver. He and Flacco have gotten along pretty well back in their days in Baltimore. Uh, but Brashad Perriman is a, is a fantasy sleeper for you for the Jets. He's been battling a little bit of an injury, but if he plays, start Perriman. Two primetime matchups. The Chiefs head to Vegas Sunday night with Chris and Al, NBC. Uh, there's been a little, uh, you know, back and forth this week about what, what the Raiders did after they beat Kansas City as far as driving the, the bus around the stadium, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think it's all in good fun, a little prodding by Andy Reid and John Gruden to each other. They're really good friends. Obviously, they coach together back in Green Bay, but they're really good tight buddies. A, a little rivalry. I like it. I like a little... Uh, a little consternation between the two teams. The Raiders are playing really well, six and three. The Charger—I mean, the Chiefs—coming off their bye, uh, eight and one. So a huge matchup in the NF in the West. The Chiefs are obviously playing for home field advantage. Uh, if the Raiders were to win this game, they would have the the head to head for the season. It would only be one game behind the Chiefs in the standings. So I don't think the Raiders have enough. To, uh, to win the game a second time. They played really well in Kansas City. You're going to see the Raiders run the ball, short short passing game, and maybe try to hit a, a ball or two over the top. I think the Chiefs are going to be a much more disciplined team this week. I'll take the Chiefs at in, in Las Vegas, under the lights, Sunday night football, in Vegas. Give me the Chiefs. I don't. There's no spread yet because there's been – some COVID issues with the Raiders' defense. So, again, that's another factor. Their preparation has been uh, sporadic and altered a little bit. So give me the Chiefs Sunday night. And maybe the game of the week this week, Monday night football here in Tampa. The Rams come a-calling to see Tommy B and the Buccaneers. The Rams with a good win last week against Seattle. They're, they're, they are 6-3. and three. The, the Buccaneers come into the matchup 7-3. and three. Um Huge next two weeks for the Bucks. Got the Rams Monday night, and then you got the Chiefs coming to Ray J on Sunday afternoon. Late afternoon, Nance and Romo will be on the call, CBS, next Sunday afternoon in Tampa. But again, this is a big matchup for the Buccaneers. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey going to pose a couple problems for the Buccaneer offense. And on defense, you're going to have Sean McVay and his play action game 
His running attack will, will pose some issues for the Buccaneer defense as well. I do think the Buccaneers will be able to overwhelm the Rams with wide receivers. I'm not sure the Rams have a third and fourth uh, defensive back that will be able to cover the third and fourth uh, options. Antonio Brown, Gronkowski, Cameron Brait for the Buccaneers. Ronald Jones with a huge game last week running the ball. In Carolina, almost 200 yards rushing. Again, I think if the Bucs can at least establish a running game, they don't have to be great in the running game, but they need to establish a consistent uh, commitment to the running game. I think the Buccaneers will find a way to get it done Monday night. Ali Marpet should be back for the Buccaneers on the offensive line. Um, so, again, give me the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are laying four Monday night. I'll take the Buccaneers minus the four. A couple picks for you this week uh, in, the, in the pro circuit. Again, I like Dallas plus the seven at home. I like the uh, potentially to tease the Ravens, and I would also tease the um, probably the Pittsburgh Steelers as well against Car- against Jacksonville. Uh, I like New England minus the two or two and a half on the road in Houston, and then um, those would be the picks, man. And the Buccaneer, and obviously I like the Buccaneers on Monday night. So those are your picks. Have a great week. Stay safe, wear a mask, enjoy the football, enjoy the weather. It's a beautiful day down here in Tampa, beautiful weekend. Hopefully I'll get through my playoff game well tonight. And you have been listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Check us out, Apple, Google, Spotify. Tell your friends, tell them to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Powers on Sports podcast.